Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Today, I've got a pleasure of interviewing a fellow Canadian from Ottawa, Canada, the nation's capital. Dean Emmerich, expert in SEO. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Umar. Great to be here. How are things? Excellent. It's a gorgeous spring day today. And, uh, you know, the winter wasn't that bad, but just with COVID being stuck inside, it just feels like uh, an awakening for the entire country. No, it absolutely is. Uh, we have the same thing here. Everyone's getting uh, their jabs and getting, trying to get back to normal as quick as possible. Hopefully we can do it this summer and get a little slice of, you know, something good going on. So glad to hear it. Brilliant. I was telling my uh, mother-in-law to uh, Gracie, you know, when you go in, she's 96, demand your shot in your butt. She would not go for it. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about SEO because SEO is something that uh, either people don't know what it is or they have the wrong idea what it is. So could you define what it is for us so we have a good foundation to start the conversation? (laughs) Sure. Well, SEO uh, stands for search engine optimization. And basically uh, what happened was that uh, before Google came along, there was a lot of confusion. Uh, Search engines were not very good. It would take you a long time to find relevant results. And that's what it was about. It was quicker to go to the yellow pages that my monitor was sitting on and look something up. Google came along, the algorithm started to give results that were relevant. So that made them into the, you know, the monster that they are today. And they capture 90, over 90% of the search market online. And search engine optimization is just optimizing your website for search to move you up in the organic results. And by organic, you mean if somebody put uh, best lawyer near me that in Ottawa, Canada, some scoundrels would show up that were actually the best. <laughs> Yes, and they would absolutely be scoundrels, certainly. Um, I'm sure one of them would have an eye patch. The, um, so, yeah, that's exactly it. When, when Google st- first started you know, working and people start, started using it and started to catch on and grow, there was, only, there was no paid re- you know, results. There was no classifications of different things. There was no local search. There was no anything. There was just the organic search. So if you were working, if your website was telling the algorithm what it wanted to hear, then you would be at the top of search. And everybody knew that when you're at the top of search, you've got basically about 70% of the clicks. So it works that if you're in number one uh, today, it's if you're in the number top three organic positions, about 45% of the clicks go to those. Um, Makes perfect sense. So the question is, If, uh, take my website, No Limit Selling, and uh, it's all about the mindset and selling. And so for me, it's very uh, challenging because no one is looking for mindset and selling. 
So I could rank for this thing that nobody's looking for, or I could be more strategic about it. So tell me why uh, trying to rank for mindset and selling is uh, not a good idea. And then what should I be ranking for to actually be found? Well, the simple answer is down to one word, chiropractor. I knew it. I was going to guess that. You, had you asked me guess that, I would have said chiropractor. It took a second, but I could see the wheels were turning there and it clicked in. So I had a chiropractor. A friend of mine is a chiropractor. His father was a chiropractor. By, he inherited by the way, the not uh, all that cracked up what they think they are, but please go no, for it. No, they aren't. But um, uh, cue the hi-hat and cymbal crash. <laughs> so they definitely aren't, and they are more than they actually present themselves as. So he was sort of wanting to get into the digital zone, and uh, he wanted to rank for chiropractor. And I said, well, why would you want to do that? And he said, well, I'm a chiropractor. I said, yeah, but who's searching for a chiropractor? He goes, well, what else are they searching for? Well, other chiropractor, yeah, and himself, (laughs) basically. But I, I showed him, oh, okay, well, here's the word chiropractor. A thousand people a month were searching in his area for chiropractor, right? And then I showed him back pain. 20,000 people in his area were searching for back pain. Then I showed him neck pain, and there were about 30,000 there. But then I showed him sciatica. There were over 100,000 people searching for sciatica in his region at the time every month, which is, and those are enormous numbers. And what he was doing was he was not finding the right words he was not going where the intention was. The traffic is focused on attention or intention, sorry. That makes perfect sense. Uh, but when you're close to your profession, I'm not sure if you noticed this, Dean, no matter who you're talking to, they think they're the best and they think they know the best. But it's not about you. It's about what people are looking for. And so how do you figure that out? So take my, uh, by the way, folks, as you're listening to this, I'm trying to get free consulting here. Uh, so Dean, <laughs> Taking me as an example, uh, so people are looking for probably closing more sales, uh, looking for overcoming call reluctance, but how do I figure that stuff out? Like, uh, where's a good place to look? What's a good strategy to kind of uncover that hidden realm that actually makes the difference between, you know, being uh, the world's best chiropractor that no one can find or somebody that's kind of fully booked and is hiring other chiropractors to work for him? Exactly. So when we go back to your um, reluctance uh, mention there, I'm not sure anyone ever has put the word reluctance into the search bar, to be honest. But uh, it's a really good word. It's like a $3 word, you know, it's got a lot of syllables in it. So basically, we find this information out. This information is there. I mean, Google has 2 billion searches a month uh, easily, and they're all made with words. And it's all collected and it's been collected since the day since the day they started. So they know a lot about people's intent. They know a lot about what people are actually searching for. Um, and that data is out there. You just have to find it and you have to correlate it. And there are some places that do this for you. But basically, you have to dig around and you have to do a bit of a deep dive and really figure out, you know, who are, your client are, is. I'm going to pause you right there. All of those were lots of words. So uh, give us an example of uh, either my one or a chiropractor in terms of or some other group you were helping that how you uncovered that hidden realm of actually what's going, uh, what people are looking for. So give us a real life example. Oh my God, you want me to work now. Okay. 
Um, you didn't tell me I was going to have to work on this podcast. That wasn't fair. Otherwise, no one would come if I told them. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so basically, uh, Google makes that information available. Anyone can access it. So it's available through Keyword Planner with Google. And essentially, you can go in there and start noodling around and trying to figure out um, what your keywords are. The big problem is, is that you, get, you end up getting a lot of data and you end up getting a lot of conflicting data. All right, pause right there. So all oh. this is all nebulous still. I want you to think about a past client and say, I was working with a midget wrestler and this is what they were looking for. So give us something that you used keyword tracker and this is how I used it to find the gem. Right, okay. So I have a client, they do homemade soaps, Jen uh, and Jen, and uh, they essentially were not, they were getting traffic. Yeah, they were, they were cleaning up on business for sure. Please go ahead. Can't help it. It's a medical <laughs> it's thing. Like the, it's dad humor. It's dad it humor. Is. <laughs> so, so essentially, they were you know not getting that much traffic. They had these little these these bath these bath bombs, um, which are also like bath balls, and they explode in your bath and make it all great. And and a lot of people are looking for them. So what do they have on their website that was giving them mediocre results that made sense to them that were giving them mediocre results? And what did you uncover and how did you uncover it that really found traffic? Now you're getting into the technical de details because it's about... Just keep it in English. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I try. I, you know, I try to dumb it down and I try to make it simple. And I've been doing that for years and it's really like, it's not easy to do. But Hence the hair loss. Yeah. Here's the thing. Mine are yours. Here's the thing. Um, search engines are looking for specific things. So once you know what the keywords are or you get an idea of what they are, then you start blending them into your website in a natural way so that it looks natural, it sounds natural. You use them in specific places like uh, titles and descriptions and those sorts of things. And that's how you get found, is you use them, but you don't overuse them. All right. So let me pause you there again, Dina. So again, you're talking- Are you going to have any easy questions on this show? So specifically, kind of like the phrase that you uncovered, like what do they actually put in to be found under like uh, soap? Because what were they using before and what did you help them find? Because I think that would actually take all the things that you're describing and people go, oh, I know exactly what Dean's talking about, because that makes sense. So give us like a couple right. of phrases, yeah. Okay, so let's go back to uh, bath bombs. Yes. So there are thousands of searches for bath bombs, uh, tens of thousands of searches for them. Like they're actually a really you know sought after commodity amongst a certain niche market. Um, but what they were so basically, bath bombs was the key target area, and everyone, like all their competitors, were were competing for bath bombs, right? And that all their competitors were ignoring bath balls, uh, bath salts, bath this and that, you know, things to put in my bath, things to make me relax in the bath, you know, all these different things. These are all niche markets that were around it. So basically, I uncovered more traffic in the niche markets around it than there was in the primary market. And the competition levels were a lot lower. All right. So that's actually very, very specific. And it kind of illuminates what's going on. Cause I think part of the problem is there's this like target fixation. Like I am a sales mindset guy. So I'm going to put down, you know, I'm going to be the best found site in the world for sales mindset, but 
No one's looking for that. So then we start looking, I guess we start talking to my customers. So you went to Umar and what did he help you with? Then they're hardly going to say sales mindset. They're going to say, well, I, I felt Confidence. afraid up the phone or uh, I gave up too easily, like after the second no. And they would start using those phrases that uh, was what they're looking for. And if I start putting that down, I start finding that kind of stuff. So if I get a couple of test phrases, how do I use keyword tracker to actually illuminate how good that traffic it is? And does it give other suggestions? So, yes. Uh, it does give other suggestions. Once you find your pri you know what your primary market is, right? But that's everybody's primary market that does what you do. So essentially, you're in. That's a high competition key phrase we call it. Well, it's and it's called a long tail. So if it's more than one or two words, it's long tail. If it's a one word or two words, it's a short tail keyword. So the bread, the the money is in the long tail keywords. Everyone's competing on the short tail and you've got to be there and be in it anyhow. But there are many niche markets around those primary keywords that are long tail where the competition low, uh, competition area is very low. So it's very easy to dominate in those areas and you can pick up. The intent is completely different. Do you understand what I mean by intent? I do. Absolutely. It's uh are you sure you understand my intent? So let me, uh, so when I go into Google and I search for, I may search for Tennis Pro when I'm looking to hire a Tennis Pro, but it's more likely, like just the other day, uh, I was saying, you know, how can I improve my serve? And then a bunch of people popped up that specialized in that serve area. And guess what? Every single one of them either had a course or was a Tennis Pro. And I got a better sense of who they were and what they did from that. So the first one was, I need a tennis pro, which I've not actually ever put in a search engine, but how to improve my serve. All kinds yeah. of amazing people popped up and there was one guy, you know, if he lived close by, I would hire him. So my intent was to improve my serve versus find a tennis pro. Exactly. That is intent. And in those, all those little, the sidebar non-primary, the competition levels are much lower because people are, they haven't a lot of businesses haven't done very good keyword research. They haven't done very good uh, search engine optimization. And there's actually tools out there. I can look at a competitor's website and go, oh, well, they're not doing this. They're not doing that. They're not doing this. So why don't we just take all those keywords and we'll focus on those and grab, you know, hundreds of um, in people with a different intent, with a real intent. They're not just kicking tires. They're not just like looking around whimsically. They are much closer to the bottom of the sales funnel, which means they're closer to being ready to buy. So, you know, let's forget about SEO because this will probably never catch on. Just kidding. It's, <laughs> it's critically important to be an element of your sales strategy, marketing strategy. But let's talk about businesses. You work with a lot of businesses and outside of the SEO, you're probably seeing some things that businesses do really well, like some of them you think, oh, well, they're doing this brilliantly. But there's also common areas where businesses continually miss what they should be doing. So from your experience, what are some of the areas that people that are in sales, people that are business owners that are also you know, card-carrying salespeople that have to help their businesses grow, what are some of the common mistakes that they're making outside of SEO that if you could wave a magic wand and fix a lot of those things, it would actually uh, make things a lot better for them? Well, it's, it's about flow. The internet is about flow. It's a flow of information, but um, 
when, when we sort of started out, like I started doing this stuff in the late nineties. So the world was early, early days. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, that was like caveman days. So essentially so much has changed then, but user experience has grown immensely. So people have expectations now. So when you say, oh, I've got something over here that's grabbing your attention, you should, you know, have a look at it and people click on it and they go through to a site or a landing page or whatever. Um, there's process there that's missing. So they have expectations that when they land there, they're going to get more of what they're looking for and they can have a deep dive or they can, you know, depending on where they are in the sales process, they can get information that they need, which takes them to the next step. You don't necessarily have to just take them right to the sales page and go, okay, time to buy. No, you have to walk them through the steps that makes them comfortable and makes them go, yeah, you know what? You're right. This is me. You are talking to me. I am the person who wants that or needs that service. So there's a whole process that you can do there. So we get back to that human psychology of my baby's the cutest baby ever. And it's like, I've got the solution, whatever it happens to be from being a chiropractor to a plumber. And we think as soon as they find us, our customers, that they're going to want to meet my mother so we can get married. And that never happens. It's it's like a, hey, let's have a coffee. So recently I started dating again. And the first date was... Was calling you. Date, uh, was calling me on Zoom. We had an hour and a half Zoom conversation. We hit it off really well. And then from that, we had dinner together. And from that, we had coffee together. And it was a seduction to get to just be close. And the same thing is true with a buyer's journey that you just can't like get them to find your site. And it's like, Hey, meet my mom. And you can call her. We tend to do that, right? If we were asking a friend or a friend was asking us, should I do that? We'd say, no, 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 don't do that. But we fall into that trap ourselves. So what are some questions that people could ask themselves that would allow them to examine if they're in the flow or not? Well, first of all, the reason that we just jump right to, you know, jump right to marriage basically is because we don't we don't know better like we haven't been taught when it comes to the internet we're it's still in, in its infancy and it just is consuming so much of our lives and in processes and changing things so it's not a surprise to me that people aren't you know that are they're missing the steps because nobody's really taught us to do that so some of the things in there are is it's just it's the same as um it's the same as face-to-face sales. You've got to build the relationship. You've got to have interaction. You've got to meet in different places under different circumstances and give them things from different angles. So a lot of, um, a lot of companies are missing those steps. Uh, there's, there's even upsells and downsells in the process, right? So that you can walk them through it. But, oh, sorry. New phrase. Flat on the play. Uh, I've not heard of downsell. I've heard of upsell and cross-sell. What is a downsell? Okay, so when somebody uh, clicks on your thing, say they land on your, your, they're on your landing page. What did they click on? Give us a hypothetical. They they saw this, they clicked on this, and then they came to the. It'll give us a sense of their intent, which will kind of make it a whole uh, a holistic kind of answer. You want the whole story? I can sense this. Okay, we're going deep. So basically, they see. Let's just say it's an ad, right? Or or even a Facebook post. They, they go, oh, you've attracted them. You've got their attention with a, uh, a quick little line. Maybe you're not saying anything. Maybe it's a picture. Maybe it's a video. Whatever you use, there's many different things. And they go, oh, okay, I want to know more. They just can't stop, and they click on it. Boom. It either takes them to off 
site to a landing page somewhere on a site that you own, uh, or it takes them to, a, say, a Facebook group or something. Anyhow, when they get there, they essentially are looking at you. You're going to present them with more information of what they were looking for, their original intent, their original interest. So you're going to present that to them in, in text, video, images. You're going to hit them with the whole story, and you're going to hit their little key moments of things that they are generally looking for, right? So then they're like, oh, okay, but I've only known this guy for, you know, three minutes, but, you know, he's ticking boxes. He's saying all the right things. Uh, it looks good. They look presentable. They look respectable, whatever. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm warming up to them. But then you go for the, oh, click here to, uh, click here to buy. And it's like, no, they're not ready to buy. They're, they're only at like the stage two of the four-step sales process, basically, the funnel. So they want more information. Sometimes they want to go away and get more information and come back, right? So essentially, when they say no, you're ready to buy, and they, you pop it in front of them, they go, they, they're not ready. So basically, you go to a down sale. So you try and sell them, instead of selling them the $1,500 solution to their problems, you go, oh, you know what? Well, you can do this, and we have this installment plan for you know, X amount of dollars per month. Or maybe you need the downgraded version if you just want to start out slow and get X, Y, and, and Z, but not the A, B, C, D, right? So, so essentially, you're downselling them. They're not ready for your big ticket item. But they might be ready for your downsell, which means that if they pick that up, A, you make the sale, and B, you have someone in your funnel now that you can upsell to because you know as well as I do that it's easier to sell to someone who's already bought from you than to go and find a new uh, customer. Brilliant. Right? Someone, that, someone that already trusts you, someone that has a relationship with you. And Dean, we can clearly see you're an expert in your field. How do people get a hold of you? How do they connect with you? Um, my main site is leadslocalseo.com. Uh, essentially that's where I'm connecting with everyone. I also have a group on Facebook where I'm actually giving away a lot of this information for free so you can get some ideas. Uh, I do reviews actually of, uh, people's websites there too, and just give them an idea. They're for free, give you an idea of what you have and, uh, how it's laid out. So, uh, can we put a link in there for them or... We're going to put it in the show notes, uh, all your social media links, plus all the links and offers, and in a short bio, uh, a very Photoshopped photo of you, so you look handsome, er. And uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being on the show, and uh, really learned a lot, and I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Fantastic. Thanks for having me on, Umar. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Cheers. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 